Welcome to the Nova Nation podcast. This is Rob Logan. On this episode, my good friend and co-host Chris Merrill have a special guest on, Jim Mayer, to talk about the Big B. But first, I give an update on where everything stands at the moment with both the men's and women's teams. All that right now on the Nova Nation podcast. Listen up, go Nova. Welcome, Nova Nation, to another Nova Nation podcast. I'm Rob Logan. And before we get into this episode, let's talk uh, what's going on right now uh, with the men's and women's team. Uh, the women's team right now, it's, it has been uh, quiet just because they had a, another bout with the, the COVID uh, outbreak there. Um, but they do have a game tomorrow night at the Pavilion uh, against Butler. Um, Butler has only won one game, I believe, this whole year. So um, right now their overall record is 11-3. and three. Um, So hopefully getting to 12-3. and three, um, And then their conference record will go up to 7-3 and three if they win that game. So uh, Maddie Seacrest is leading the way with them. Uh, she's averaging close to 23 points a game. And she's shooting uh, – Almost 34% from three-point line. Uh, so she's definitely uh, up for player of the year for the Big East. Uh, I, I think she could uh, have a good, strong chance of winning that. On the men's side, uh, we're coming off a, a disappointing loss uh, to Creighton. Uh, last game drops their record to 13-3. and three. Uh, they are still eight and two in the conference and uh, in still first place in the Big East. Um, but that loss drops them down to 10 uh, in the AP poll. And uh, their next uh, game that will be coming up will be against UConn uh, back now in the Big East on uh, the 20th, which is Saturday at one o'clock. And that will be in the pavilion as well. So, um, that should be an interesting game, uh, old rivalry coming back to the Big East. Uh, right now, uh, Jeremiah Robinson Earl is leading the team in average, 15, almost 16 points a game, uh, followed by Colin and uh, Justin Moore. Uh, so that's that's a quick wrap-up. I also um, – we also have a fact-checker um, for some of these podcasts, and he wanted me uh, – his name will be uh, – well be nameless for right now but we talked about some uh, five-star recruits in our last episode or maybe the episode before that and he wanted to let me know he made a point to let me know that uh, since 2009 Villanova has had eight five-star recruits um, I, I think we we thought it was a little bit less than that but uh, yeah I, I was thinking it was around three yeah so it is it right. is eight five-star recruits so he wanted to point that out to me uh chris you know who this is but uh i'll, I'll i won't say but um okay. let's get into uh this episode and we're going to talk about the big d um and the importance of defense and what's going on right now with the villanova team uh so i'm bringing in uh my co-host as always uh christopher merle Chris Merle. What's going Hi, on, Rob. And we also tonight have a, a special guest. Uh, Jim Mayer uh, is also with us. Jim, how are you doing? Doing good. Glad to be here. 
Jim is a uh, lifetime, longtime Nova fan. Um, so um, bringing him on, getting as many Nova fans as we can on this on this show. So uh, tonight, Chris, you and I, um, you know, people don't know. They're all, I guess we're going to notice now, but. When, our, when these games come on and we're watching these games, you, you and I are texting each other back and forth, and I'm constantly texting you different things. And I think I texted you the other day. I said, if I had one opportunity to ask a question to, to Coach Wright, um, my question would be, how come they have gone away from the 2-3 zone? Now, I have the utmost confidence – and, and Coach Wright, um, a lot of other coaches, I, I do question them, but I will not question Coach Wright. It's you know what he thinks is is what should be should be. But um, I've noticed that they have gone away from the two three defense and are playing a lot more man man to man defense, and the numbers has drastically changed um, this year when it comes to defense. So I, I heard a um, Jay Wright interview, and this is when it all kind of came together for me. In his interview, he said that with all the COVID issues they've been having, stopping and starting and not being able to practice in the beginning of the year, then during the middle of the year and everything, he said the one aspect that has probably taken the biggest hit is defense. And right now, for their defensive rack, the ranking – in the NCAA now, we're talking total Division One team. They are ranked 134th at 68.8 points a game giving up. Their three-point field goal defense is ranked 317 as they are giving up almost 38% three-point shots made. And their turnovers forced, is their ranking is 201 where they're averaging about 13 turnovers per game. So, Chris, I'm going to throw the question to you. Um, what do you think? I mean, I, I don't want to ask a loaded question like, well, why do you think they're going away from the 2-3 zone or everything? But have you noticed right. a big difference in their defense this year? Well, <laughs> if you remember in one of the earlier – pods we did it was after they played the tournament in connecticut so they played arizona state which is a game they won and then they played virginia tech like two nights later or something like that and they lost and i think in one of our exchanges i told you i was concerned that their perimeter defense was was bad and i didn't recognize it at the time from an x's and o's perspective of man versus the zone but i had some i filed that away so then what you mentioned earlier about our conversation uh during the creighton game and you had posed that question to me and the old adage is well if you do play a two three you are vulnerable to outside shooting and with creighton especially with those two guys that they have um they'll kill you now it's funny that you mentioned their rankings are so low in Division One with their three-point percentage, and they haven't been playing 
zone. So it's not really an easy question to answer. Mm-hmm. Um, I think teams – I'm surprised more teams don't attack them in, on the interior because they don't really have a true post player. Right. But teams teams have just been able to, to use – to hit him on like – hit him at like uh, picks up at the top of the key and they're just gunning and they, they haven't been able to, to match on the offensive end. You know, Villanova likes to play a deliberate style on offense with a lot of ball movement, and they don't really play fast. So um, against a team like Creighton that likes to push tempo and does like to shoot, you know, it is it is concerning. But um, to answer your question, it's, it's, it's not really that easy to, uh, to, to single out one reason. And, and Jim, Jim, you've been a, a fan for a very long time, followed Nova basketball. Um, what's your take? You've seen a difference in their defense this year from years to years? I think one of the big things that stands out to me is they're not as long and athletic as they've been in the past. You know, when you had Bridges and you had Bay and you had uh, Pascal, you know, Dante Cunningham, you know, Spellman. They were all big and long guys. and They don't really ha- seem to have that this year. You know, they're uh, a little smaller. And, and I completely agree with what Chris says. They really don't have a a post stoppage either, which I'm, I'm kind of surprised they don't get exposed a little more at that end. But, you know, and I also think uh, coach Wright had a great point, you know, being a long time uh, coach myself, uh, you know, the one thing you can practice all the time, you can go get shots. You can, you know, work on your ball handling. It's, you know, if you're not getting a lot of practice time during COVID, it, you know, it's hard to, you know, improve and establish, you know, a defense. Mm-hmm. Well, it's team. It's team first. Yep. So, I mean, you have the ability on offense to create off the dribble, one on one breakdown. So, I mean, that's more athleticism. Yeah. But it's definitely a team game uh, on the defensive side. Now, I my biggest proponent and and just Robinson Earl, Jeremiah Robinson Earl. I think he's actually not. He's pretty good at defending underneath. Um, if you watch that Creighton game, when he was not there and they were posting up, uh, whether it would be Swider or whoever else was underneath there, they were eating him alive. Mm-hmm. And when, when you know, Jeremiah came back in, he was able to kind of control that front, the, the low post guy kind of, you know, he, he's very long. He's got long arms. So he's able to kind of stop that ball from getting into the post. But Chris, you, you know, I am pro Nova. I love all the players. I've, I've met most of them. I, my biggest gripe, and I text you all the time about it, is Swider cannot play man to man. I'm sorry. His feet, his footwork, are it's slow. I, I love him. I, I think he's got a great shot on the offensive side. I understand why he's in the games. But he is a huge defensive liability. Would you agree? Yeah. And I think, again, going back to that tournament in November, I don't even remember who the, uh, the color guy was, but he noticed that right away. And he basically said, look, this guy's there for offense. He's got a really nice jump shot. He's a shooter, but he's not the best defender. And you're seeing that he's getting exposed. Um, now, I think Jay took him out of the starting lineup, correct? 
Yeah, well, he's not starting. Yeah, he's Samuels starting. Samuels took his took his starting job, but yeah, I have noticed that, and I, I mentioned to you that for a guy that's like six foot nine, he doesn't play. He plays small. Yes, but he's not athletic to pull it off. You know what I mean? He he, you know, he's the not direct, a banger. Direct opposite of of Jeremiah. You know, yeah, um, he's got a, more athleticism, but like what um, Coach was saying earlier, um, this year's team definitely lacks the athleticism of some of the the championship teams of the last four years. That's that was very um, Coach Jim just said that that was that was right on the money, you know, and, and, and you can see it on the it shows on the defensive end, right? And Jim, as a as a former coach, is that something that you can hide him? Like, what's the best way to hide him on the defensive end? Do you think? Well, he kind of reminds me a little bit of of Corkmoss on the Sixers. You know, he, I mean, his one and, his one yeah. goal is to score and and shoot the basketball. And you know, you just try to hide him best you can. I mean, you know, he's gonna you try to match him up against their weakest guy, and uh, you know, he 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 has trouble defending. There, I mean, it, that that's totally obvious. Uh, you know. When he's hitting, when he's hitting shots, he's a big asset. When he's not making shots, he, he really hurts you on on both ends. It's like kind of Chris said, he doesn't really take the ball to the basket. He's kind of like a stand up, get a screen, wide open shooter. He's not going to score off the dribble. You know, you got to kind of run him a play and get him a wide open look. And uh, you know, he, he's you, you know you hope. I think that's it, what he's going to be for his career. He's a good shooter. You know, when he gets hot, he can really open up a game. Uh, but hes I think he's going to struggle defensively as long as he's there. He just doesn't have great feet. And, um, you know, they don't really seem to have gotten better. Um, you know, he seems to be still the same type of defensive player he was when he, as he was last year when he got a lot of playing time. So, I think he is what he is. He's, a, he's an offensive scorer. And, you know, you hope, you know, his points on offense are more than he gives up on a defensive end. Right, and I, I've seen I've seen on campus uh, some different tapes on him and, and everything. I mean, he is a great worker. He definitely, you know, works in the gym and is doing everything that he should be doing. But definitely, uh, I yell at the TV more <laughs> when he's in the game than than any other time during the game. Um, just just as a just as a like a microcosm of of talking about what we're talking about defense-wise, in that Creighton game, Creighton shot almost 60% from the field that game and almost 47% from the three-point line for the that's, game that game. That's ridiculous. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. That might not happen every single time uh, you play Creighton. Um, but I definitely think these numbers are – are something that could be a concern moving in uh, to the tournament because defense wins games and it's going to be hard to overcome, especially Villanova only shot almost like 29% uh, or uh, worried about like 30% um, from the three point line that game. So if you're not making it up on the offensive side, um, their defense is, is definitely something that I'm worried about uh, moving forward. Uh, I would, would I you would guys agree. agree? Yeah, you know, they're, they're the type of team when they're when they're making shots like Marquette 
you know, they, they can beat anybody, you know, when they're not making shots like St. John's and Creighton, uh, because they're a little limited defensively, I think they can, they can beat anybody when they're making shots and they, they could, they could get beat by anybody. I, I think, you know, I mean, like St. John's, uh, as we saw in St. John, Creighton's good. Creighton's a tough place to play. You know, other than Jay Wright, uh, he's probably the second best coach in the conference. I think he does a heck of a job. And uh, Creighton's good. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they ran a little bit of a buzzsaw. I, my, I would assume they'll come back and play really well Saturday against UConn. Hey, Merle. Yep. Would you do anything different? Uh, just putting on your coach's hat, would you try anything different from a standpoint of maybe who's playing in the games, um, the way that they're subbing in, uh, you know, especially especially on the defensive end? Would you maybe press a little bit more? I mean, do you think that's something that may improve well, the defense? I, 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 one stat you mentioned earlier about they're not forcing a lot of turnovers – I don't know what you guys think, but doesn't it seem like last year Colin uh, Gillespie was a little more aggressive, especially, you know, with trying to get more steals and things like that. It seems like this Mm -hmm. year he's almost playing like he's afraid to foul. Does that make sense? It does. You notice that? I agree with you. Yeah. And, and, you know, I I remember the games last year when he would sit on – Wright would take him out, and it seemed like – the offense lacked any kind of like spark and uh, flow when he was out of the game. So it's like almost as if he's afraid to get in foul trouble because he doesn't want to be on the bench. So mm-hmm. he, he is good. He is good defensively and he, he can come up with a few steals and he is a good disruptor. Moore, Moore's a good defender too. But um, it seems like Collins um, not as aggressive on that end of the floor this year is from, from what I've seen. Yeah. And I- now they ask the question. No, I, I, I think too Get with, with uh, Colin could be a little more aggressive last year with steals because of you know having Roundtree at times and and uh, and uh, Bay back you know to defend if somehow he got beat. Um, so I think that probably plays into it a little bit also. That's, yeah. that's a good point. Behind him is really is really only um, Jeremiah Robinson. I mean Earl. I mean he's really the only one behind you know, him. They, Caleb yeah, Daniels, he's kind of suspect yeah. on defense and they miss round trip. I mean, what he, you know, he's kind of the complete opposite of uh, uh, Swider. I mean, he, what he gives you in rebounding and defense and toughness. I think, I think they miss that with not having him out there. Mm-hmm. Well, we did see uh, a little bit the last two games uh, the arrival of Brian Antoine. Uh, not enough minutes to really judge him. But uh, that's been another big thing that I've been questioning Coach Wright on is, is if he's able to practice and get into some kind of flow, why isn't he on the court more? And, Chris, you know, just to kind of back up what you're saying, you know, with Colin being a little bit afraid to be off the court because of the way things are going when he's, you know, sitting, um, you know, should they have brought – Antoine along a little bit quicker to be a little bit of an insurance policy for him. I mean, yeah, in, in an ideal world. Do, did you do any digging on that? Do we know why – was he injured again at the beginning of the season? Is that why yes. he wasn't playing yeah, a lot? He heard it, uh, sh- re-injured the shoulder yeah. again. Okay. 
<clears throat> so physically, if he's there, I, I wouldn't see why not. He could get a little more burn because the guys that they bring off the bench aren't traditional guards. So when, when Gillespie does go out of the game, your secondary ball handler is, is more pretty much, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So Antoine, I mean, we all know, you know, he was, I think he was the number one player in New Jersey when he came out too, yeah, wasn't he? He was, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Rainy yeah. school. So, I, I mean, he's got all kinds of potential. Um, we'd love to see him. We'd love to see more of him. Um, you know, I, I don't know what that, when is that going to happen? I mean, Jay's always been a little cagey about playing younger players. Um, but, you know, you might, you might have to. I mean, he, he is definitely fits more of the athletic profile than some of these other guys do. Well, you need, you need, you need somebody to, you know, and, and we always said about this with, with Cosby round three, he was always like that kind of like that spark coming off the bench. Uh, even defensively, he was that spark to kind of get the team going. And, you know, all of a sudden, you know, things are moving faster and, it just seemed like they were more upbeat and, and you know, it just seemed different when he came into the game. I, you don't have that with, with Swider and, and Slater coming off the bench as your first two guys off the bench. You, you don't have that, right? Yeah. Uh, right, I'll be honest. I, I saw Antoine. I wanted to see Antoine play. I think it was, I guess, in senior high school, so two years ago. Uh, they played Roselle Catholic at Brookdale Community. And he had the kid uh, Lewis on his team and wound up going to Florida. Antoine was by far the best player in that game. And it's, it's a shame. I, I wonder whether is he ever going to be the same player he was. I mean, I, I, I tell you what I saw when he played against Rosa Catholic, he was, he was a man playing with boys and they were some big time players in that game. And, uh, you know, you start to worry, you know, is, is it, is the injury affect his shot? Has it affected his confidence? Um, because I, I would have, I was really hoping by now he'd be getting meaningful minutes, you know, for them because of what I, what I saw the kid in high school, he was a tremendous player. I mean, remember he was projected Crazy. to be a top 15. Yeah. Pick. I, yeah. Yeah. He was supposed to be like yes. almost like a one and done. Yes. Uh, and that's, and, and everything it's, it's funny, Jim, we sit and I sit and I watch these games. And like I said, I, I'll text Chris and I'll be like, why can't they get Antoine in the game? Why can't they get Ant- – like, I, I think I must be sending him, like, 20 <laughs> texts a game just on where's Antoine at. Um, just because, if anything, just, just real quick, let me just I, – I, I thought this was interesting, too. So, the format for this year's March Madness, uh, I don't know if you guys looked at this or not, but the first game start – the first four – games, the, the, the winning games, where you want to call them, start March 18th, all right? Right. The first round, first round games are March 19th and 20th. Then the second round games are the 21st and 22nd. Then you have only five days before the Sweet 16 starts. That's the 27th, okay. 28th. And then you go right into the Elite 8 with it being played on the 29th and 30th. So it's a, you know, and final four is on April 3rd and then the championship April 5th, but it's a condensed, very condensed um, turnaround time. So there's going to be a lot of playing. uh, And 
to me, I would think now is the time to maybe broaden the bench a little bit to get some of these players some time and, you know, some meaningful time because come, you know, come March Madness, your players are going to be playing a lot of minutes and is, is there going to be fatigue in place? I mean, it's, it's definitely a change. I mean, they're not even, they changed the format and they also changed the dates. Like there's no more the traditional first round Thursday, Friday, and then the second round Saturday, Sunday, didn't it move? Yeah. That's yeah. Too. It's like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah. Right. It's, it's, it's all condensed down, which I understand they're playing in a bubble. So for that aspect, they're locking all these teams down, which I think is the best thing to do. So once you get there, you're pretty much assured that, you know, you're not going to have any outside effects of, of the COVID situation. But to me, I, I think you need to have as many players as you can be able to go in that tournament. And, you know, yeah. I, I don't yeah, know. I, I, I just I, – I, I don't like to question Coach Wright because, like I said, I, I think, you know, I, I don't question him. But um, I, I just wonder if there's something else going on. Like, 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 like you said, Jim, uh, maybe it's his confidence. Maybe there's something going on with the shot. But even him being more athletic, I, I would think that would also help your on, yes. on the defense side too, you know, and, and that's, that's what they're lacking, yeah. you know, is, is, is that, is that athleticism on the defensive I end? The, I mean, the, to me, the last you know, time I, heard, anybody, I think this has been probably a week or 10 days ago was when that someone asked Jay, where was Antoine? And I think his comment was, you know, he doesn't even know the plays yet or so. I, and I don't really think if anybody's asked him in the last, couple of days whether Antoine's any closer to getting meaningful minutes but I remember that was his comment when they first asked him hey is he close to helping you and he said he's been out for so long I don't even know if he knows our inbounds plays or so I know, maybe there's something else there maybe he's you know still not a hundred percent the other the other thing too on on the defensive end um, I I know you know, Caleb Daniels plays a lot of the better scores on the opposing side, but um, it seems like he, he gets into, into foul trouble sometimes. And, uh, you know, that the, the lack of the bench, I, I think, is going to be an issue. Um, what do you think, Chris? Well, don't, he's only going about, what, eight, eight deep, right? Yep. Um, that's that's his style, though, isn't it? Really? Yeah, it really is, Chris. You're right. Yeah, well, they've tr- even even on the championship teams. I don't. They weren't super deep, um, but with their style of play, it kind of works. Um, I think this year they probably would have. You mentioned Cosby Roundtree earlier. He he would have been. There's the post guy. You know, so you know we we're forgetting about him. Um, it would have been looked a little a little different. He's your rim protector. I don't know if that that obviously doesn't help with the three point defense. And honestly, I don't I don't know what's going on with that. I, I really, you know, it's hard it's hard to point you know one reason for that. Well, it's be, you know not to you know and 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 Coach Jim, maybe you can you know back me up or whether or not this is true or not. But 
it seems to me that out on the perimeter, they switch everything. Um, so, like, if there's any screens out top or any, you know, handoff or anything, everything gets switched out. So it doesn't matter. I mean, you can have sometimes, I mean, in that Creighton game, Robinson Earl sometimes was 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 guarding that um right. Zegarowski, yes. whatever that kid's name is. Yeah. You know, out on the out on the out on the perimeter, no less. So I, I understand I guess that's the newer way. I mean, is that the newer way of playing? Is just almost positionless basketball and just switching everything? I mean, is that how yes, pretty much I mean you look at the I mean Embiid is a very rare commodity in the NBA. I mean the game is now has been taken over by like the two and the three spot, you know, guys that can make perimeter shots, they play on a defensive end. And that's kind of where the game is, is headed. You know, it's, it's, it's uh, like, you look at when um, Okafor came out, he was an unbelievable college player. He had nowhere to fit in the NBA low post. Nobody throws it down to the low post. And uh, you know, it's all screens and get guys open, beat your man one-on-one, which Villanova does a lot on the offensive end. You know, break your guy down and, and take a shot or create a better shot for somebody else. That, that's pretty much where the game is right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, on, on, a, on a positive note, I did write down one, one positive aspect of, of everything. Um, they are ranked number two in the nation in um, – in turnover ratio, the only team that's better than them wow. is Iowa. Mm. Um, the only team that's better with turnover ratio, and 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 obviously that has a lot to do with with Colin and um, and and Justin Moore. But I did want to throw that in there. Uh, Iowa, their turnover uh, ratio is two point one, and Villanova's is one point seven eight. So they're right there. Uh, Offensively, but like I said, I don't think offense is really going to be the issue. Getting ready for the Big East tournament and March Madness, I, I think they're definitely going to have to uh, pay more close attention to um, absolutely on uh, the defensive end. Yeah, whatever. Uh, would everybody agree that that's that's going to be the one little point, sticky point going into? The oh yeah, I would agree one hundred percent with you, one hundred percent. And again, I think it gets back to the first things I mentioned. They're just. They're just not very athletic as the way as they've been in the past. You know, they're not as long. Um, you know, Daniels, um, Colin, uh, Justin Moore, they all kind of play the same position. You know, they're all like, you know, like uh, one, two guys. You know, we don't really have that strong three and fours. You know, well, I, I guess Robinson are all be considered a four. But uh, I, I think we're, we're, we're going to, you know, I think we're going to go as we make shots. Chris, yeah, I see this. I see it the same way. Um, you know, it, it'll be interesting. I think they're going to bounce back uh, against UConn this weekend, but the St. John's game next week, I'm curious because that's a that's a team that kind of caught them by surprise a couple of weeks ago, and they, if you remember, mm-hmm. in that game, they played not. They're not obviously as good as Creighton. But they have some kids that can shoot the ball, and they killed them with the three in that game, if you remember. And and I think mm-hmm. that was the game where Colin did have some turnovers, correct? Yes. 
Yes, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. He, he, had, he had a tough night that night. So I'm, I'm, I'm curious. That's the game for me that I'm kind of, I'm kind of going to look at. You know, they do get Creighton again. Um, at yeah. home, um, that's going to be a good test to see where they're at. Um, you know, and and the, the, are are they? What what is the status with the Big East tournament? Have they talked about how they're going to handle it or? Yeah. I, from a, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's being played. It's the tickets are being sold. I mean, well, I mean, it's being advertised that it's going to be on TV. Uh, if you if you watch that game uh, on 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 um, on uh, Saturday, they they were saying it was they were announcing it. You know, the dates and everything. It's going to be on Fox okay. Sports, so Madison Square Garden. It's being played. I think okay. so, yeah. And I tell you what, St. John's is really St. John's has gone from like the bottom of the league to they're, they're they got a shot for an NCAA tournament. They're, they're like, I think they've won like five out of six, including in that Villanova spurt. They've been playing pretty well. Yeah, but I, I'm going to tell you though, it is impossible <laughs> to play in that St. John's game. <laughs> would it? Would it be? I, well, I'm just saying, would it be so red in there? How can you really see the rim? The rim blends in with the freaking backing of the of the uh, of the court. <laughs> I mean, it's so red in there. If you're if you're a visiting team, you're not used to that. You know, I, that's just, you look at that that place, man. I, I would never want to go yeah. in that place and play, man. Forget that. I ain't shooting that place. I'll tell you. And and I think that plays into things. I think, and unfortunately, you know, you got to play. You know. It's funny that Saint, probably if the whole COVID thing wasn't going on, that Villanova St. John's game is played in Madison oh, yeah. Garden, and I bet you, I bet you it's a probably a little bit different outcome. And then this game, upcoming game with St. John's, is played in the Wells did you, Fargo. Center. Did you notice so, who was doing the broadcast uh, of that game that night? No, who was doing? It was Lapis. Oh, that's uh, right. Yes, it was. No. Yeah, you're right. It, Right, oh, and it, right, I just—it's it, it, funny because you mentioned it. He said the last time they Villanova played in that gym, Lapis was the coach. So, at, at, see, you're not no, used to that, man. it's funny you see some of those on-campus facilities now. That at Georgetown's is very, very small too. St. John's, Seton Hall, Hall. Seton Hall, Hall is like is like an intramural, is like a high school gym. I think it's called like Walsh yeah, Gymnasium or something like that. that <laughs> yeah. It should be definitely interesting. Definitely looking forward to it. But uh, hopefully, hopefully, you know, defense is all about wanting the ball and, and stopping, you know, taking pride in playing defense. So uh, I'm hoping they write, write the ship uh, as they move forward to uh, the Big East tournament and obviously write it for March Madness. Uh, which yep. is almost right around the corner. Yeah, I think they will. They got the right. They have the right coach, and they always uh, seem to get things figured out. And you know, the defensive intensity pokes up a little bit too when you get near tournament time and get near the end. I, I you know, I don't think they're going to be a great defensive team, but I think they're going to get a little better. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm sort of thinking the same thing. And uh, you know, as far as like the NCAA, it, right now they're looking at a two seed and. Um, I mean, unless they draw the same bracket as uh, Gonzaga, I mean, they did. You know, they can go pretty yeah. far. All right. Well, thank you guys. I appreciate it. No, I enjoyed and, it. Thank uh, you. Great, great talking talk to you guys. guys. All right. Thank you, Rob.
Are you looking for a compassionate, family-centered pediatrician in Hamilton, New Jersey? If so, we know the right place. Hamilton Pediatrics specializes in medical care for kids, and they would love to get to know you and your family better. Their commitment is to help children reach their highest potential by working with parents to promote and maintain their child's physical and emotional well-being from birth up to college years. Check them out at www.hamiltonpediatrics.com. What's up, Nova Nation? If you have any questions that you would like to have answered or discussed on the show, email us at the Nova Nation Podcast at gmail.com.